0: We're back on this Tuesday evening. Congratulations to the Kansas Jayhawks becoming national champions last night. The NBA is back tonight. We have a couple games to wrap up still. I am going to close and wrap up a couple things with the three teams I was talking about the other day before giving my top five most valuable players this season. First, kicking it off with The Brooklyn Nets, who are we really that afraid of anymore, as we could tell as the days go on? I mean, yeah, they've had a lot of more unlucky, unfortunate scenarios flow their way rather than the Lakers, clearly. Not just the team itself, like on paper and all the power they have compared to that roster, but, you know similar with injuries and stuff like that, but I was actually going to say this at some point down the line. It's actually, looking back now here, April 5th, I think it was like September, I had actually wrote a story on how, you know, with how many All-Stars combined Brooklyn and the Lakers had, had they potentially met in the finals, how cool of a rivalry it could have been with Westbrook and Durant, Irving and James, of course, and... You know, other guys, Carmelo, Rondo. I want to say DeAndre Jordan was still a Brooklyn net at the time. But, you know, those guys, just many former All-Stars combined. I just... And a lot of other people could have saw it really being a cool rivalry. It's just a shame how, you know, they're both on the brink of 10 seeds or below the playing, But Brooklyn... You know, I talked about their seating the other day. They have the Rockets tonight. They have the Knicks on ESPN tomorrow at the Garden. They have the Cavs Friday and then they have Indiana Sunday to close out the season. Now, of course, if you're any of the top 4 teams in the East, you don't want to see Brooklyn as obviously you'll have your hands full, f- completely full. But, you know, this like I said the other day, this is we've have maybe We'll never see seating alignment like this again and like a race like this through the few final games. But like I said, they kind of seem less and less scary by the day. But it's just, you know, Irving, since becoming a full-time player, there was four games, 24, as if this is bad. I mean, I'm talking like as, as if it's bad. It's really not, but compared to what he was putting up before it, I know he's still averaging, like, 30 a game his last 10. But his last four, I mean, he shot his way out of it his first two games at Barclays, kind of, but 24 a night, 6.5 assists, two rebounds, 36% from the field and 40 from three. Shooting better from the outside than two-point range. Um. You know, Durant had his comments yesterday. He's tired of the narratives. He's tired of all, you know, the adversity. He's like, you know, let's just tip the ball, play in. Who cares? Enough with the narratives. Let's just get it rolling. Kind of, he was just being completely honest and just admitting what really derailed his season and his Brooklyn Nets season is just, you know, the injury he had. And the in January, and, the, and Kyrie Irving's non-full-time status has obviously many people around the league and many people around Brooklyn. l will gladly, you know, point the finger at him. And, you know, rightfully so. Has, you know, you did get a great deal in Ben Simmons that were we haven't seen yet, but that was, you know, what many people thought Harden's biggest reasoning to why he made his decision. It's just, you know, he he didn't know what he was getting into. And Kyrie Irving, it's just, he can't really change his mind that much. And there was no, like, sitting down saying, like, listen, you got to get the shot. We got to, we have business to do. He didn't know what he was getting into. And obviously, like you said, Philly was always his choice at first. And, you know, speaking of Simmons, that's, you know, day by day again, that's also you know, looking less and less, he's ruled out for the play in turn. It's funny, a couple days ago, I thought I was seeing Shams reporting that he's eager to get back in the next week, you know, when they play Cleveland for that game. And then it comes out yesterday that he's likely out for the play-in and more and more people are starting to believe that he won't be suiting up in a Brooklyn Net uniform this year. But like I said, you know, it's just, Incredible circumstances and situations the Nets have gone through. Um, It's just, Katie was completely honest. He told it how it was, as he usually does. It's just him and Kyrie is just what happened to this season. And as of right now, they're tied with Charlotte for nine. Two and a half back of Cleveland for seven. One game back of Atlanta for eight. So they play Houston tonight they should win at Barclays. Um on to the Lakers who if they lose tonight LeBron's out first of all in Phoenix it's on NBA TV tonight at 10:30. If they lose tonight and the Spurs beat Denver they are eliminated from play and contention. Playoff play and whatever you want to call it. So with I I kind of just rub them, you know, rub them off just Pushed them away just the other day when I was talking about them. I was just like, you know, it's just how bad of a fit it was. I kind of quickly went through them as if, like, they didn't matter and they weren't a basketball team. But it's just like, it's just, I don't know. With That's the main thing you got to look at. It's just how they've been, really, as a ball club, all together. The three stars, obviously, their supporting cast isn't as great as we thought. Like I said, I wrote that story in September, and it's just... (laughs) I really thought they were a championship team. I really did. Even with the supporting cast, you know, that was the biggest question. Like I said the other day, it was just this whole Russ-LeBron fit. How are they going to be on offense? Do they care enough on defense? Is the roster too old? Um... Frank Vogel kind of, you know, got rid of that noise in the beginning. And he was like, we don't care. We have experience at least. 11-10 and with Russ, AD, and LeBron. You know, like I said, it's their effort. They couldn't find an offensive identity. There's no pride. There's no confidence. They only have four wins since the All-Star break. And today's news is that when the season ends, Vogel's expected to go, as expected. It's probably been that way since the struggles really first began in, like, early winter or early season. Saw a couple candidates for him. Quinn Snyder, Doc, of course, all the noise he's going through already these past few days with Philly. A couple other candidates. I'm sure, you know, there's going to be a lot of people who will be intrigued for the job, especially with LeBron likely still being there and Davis likely still being there, like I said. Um That like I said, they have Phoenix tonight. They have um the Warriors Thursday, the Thunder Friday, Denver Sunday. Uh they're two games back of the Spurs. So yeah, must win tonight, like I said. Um that's gonna be the first priority in the offseason, besides Vogel is this Russ thing. Like I said, who will take him as a suitor? And you can you get back to that LeBron? Davis 1A, 1B thing with a likable roster around with not just some more youth, but some more versatility, some people who play the other side of the ball. That's obviously the Nets and the Lakers. That's their biggest failure. And what they can't do is just defense. Clearly, you only have very fewer individual players that show out on that side of the ball. Um, And to my Celtics, of course. We can't go without talking about them. Um, Last I talked to you guys was Saturday afternoon. So Sunday, they had a 40-plus point win against Washington. Uh, Looked like it was about to be 50 at one point. Tatum and Brown, 20-plus in nine straight games. Last two months, like I said, the best net-rated team with the number one offense, number one defense. Um... You know, Scout brought up a really good point. I don't think I mentioned this Saturday, but he did Friday during the Indiana game when it was looking really close. So it was he said forty three. Now forty four of Boston's wins are not decided by five or less. And obviously in the playoff like you look at that and people are like, Oh, well in the playoffs you gotta execute. You need coaching, you need um Of course, defense. You need veteran leadership. You need experience. Well, guess what? That's what Boston has. Um, Yeah, they have blown out most of their opponents. If anything, that's a positive thing. They look to be running over the league these past two months, like I've been saying. Tice continues to hold it down since Rob has been out this past week with that injury. And we continue to be hopeful about it as the postseason is approaching next Saturday. The play-in will be the 12th. Um, so, yeah, 44 of those wins. Boston does, that's the biggest thing. They have experience. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, uh, Al Horford, Marcus Smart, Robert Williams, Grant Williams. Their core four has been together a while now. Al Horford was gone for two years, but he's been in these bright light moments with the Boston Celtics, especially now whenever Rob comes back, he has that help on the defensive side right next to him. Of course, with Daniel Tice filling his role the best he can, like I said, um, they have been together. Like, they're playing like they're poised to put a banner in the rafters because they've been in this situation before and they've been together for X amount of years now. And also, Udoka has that experience, too, because, like I said, San Antonio, Brooklyn last year, Philly the year before. He's, like I said the other day, he's been proving that he is one of the premier coaches in our league today. He'll be a Coach of the Year candidate, and he is right now. He probably won't win it, but he'll be one of the top candidates. Um, And it's just besides their experience during the Miami game that they lost on Wednesday that I talked about Saturday is like, you know, Van Gundy kept saying it with Breen during the broadcast. It's just, that's their big answer. You know, Jalen Brown is doing his job, looking like he's back in, as Jay King wrote back into that post-season mindset for, wrote it for the athletic. He's back in that mindset, been two years. He's ready to be back 28.9 points per game. 567 from the field, 50% from three. So with Boston, it's just Van Gunny kept saying, yeah, you have Jalen Brown and Tatum doing this right now, but the biggest thing, and like I said, Jalen seems to be ready for the postseason. The biggest thing is Ken guys like Marcus, like he's been doing. Derek White, like I said Saturday, like he's been doing recently since the West Coast trip his three point percentages have been a lot better. Um and now Horford, can those three make outside shots around, you know, Tatum and Brown? Can they execute in the last few minutes of a game in a gritty tough one like that Miami one and knock down from the outside, get Tatum some help. Obviously fortunate that Tatum is growing to be, as I say every day one of the league's best players, clearly. But the Celtics can win a title if this team obviously continues to consistently make shots around him from the perimeter. And I'll tell you what, Sunday, between Grant, Derek White, and Peyton Pritchard, 11-12 to from three, Neesmith had four in those last few minutes. So, like, I remember tweeting... You know, he's really been showing us since the deadline, since his name was out of the rumors and it was Langford that left, that like, hey, once my shot starts falling in the big leagues consistently, and like I said, it was Fallen Sunday, it's been since he's getting his stints, he has shown lately, I could be a weapon down the stretch. You know, we know how he's a tough guy on the other side, how... He's got that Marcus Smart to him that's like – they call him Crash. He's got that Marcus Smart to him that's like, I'll fight to win no matter what. I am more than an energizer. It's just that was his thing is that he had the Carson Edwards effect, like I always say to Rich on the Sports Bible. I'll say it all the time is that his threes weren't falling. And that was Boston's thing when they drafted him is like, you could be our Tyler Hero. So hopefully he can have a stint like that like he did Sunday where he could be a spark from deep off the bench and be, you know, just that swing man that could just lock up and always just crash for boards and just make crazy plays just like it's his last game all the time. It's just, he did that a lot last year and he had a a streak of about five or so games where he had like 16 plus points, but... If he can get back to that again on the offensive end, and at least show some promise behind those few shooters that I just named, but you know the Celtics, they, um, they have this nice little break since Washington or yeah since Washington. Tomorrow, the last three games are on the road. They will be in Chicago, Thursday TNT. They'll be in Milwaukee. Uh, they do hold, the Celtics do hold their own destiny at two, but you can imagine there'll be a lot of guys resting for that TNT game. Um, and then Sunday night, I saw Keith Smith, shout out him. He's the boy, uh, tweeted, I think yesterday or the day before, but Sunday night at 7 PM is the time scheduled for the Grizzlies Celtics on Sunday. So that's the last three. They're two behind the heat. They kind of hold their own destiny with the two seed. They seem to be in a great place. It's just finish this, these last few off. Well, and you know, let's keep playing the way we have been in the post season. Let's continue. Like I said, um, they've won 25 gate or 24 out of 29 now, I believe. So it's just, they've been the best team in the league these last few months. And It's really been an incredible turnaround, so I'm excited for the postseason. Two days from now, we have Yankees-Red Sox uh, opening day from the Bronx, 1 p.m. We didn't think maybe a month or two ago we'd be saying that, but we're here. I'm excited. And now, I will bring you my most valuable players. So I also did a story in the beginning of the season my ranks of who I thought could potentially win it. Um, try to think back to September. I can't remember that many names. I could remember like five or six, Five or six. I know Curry was in there. Um, Tatum. Durant, of course. Maybe LeBron. I know he, his name must have been in there, but... Someone who was in there, and no, it isn't Tatum. Well, we'll see, but <laughs> I, um, someone who I did put in there that I remember is on this list. So I'll get to it when I get to it. I did predict it, so I'm going to keep my word on it. But number five, I will go with someone who, as the days go on again, I am becoming more and more grateful for, has every other person who wears a green shirt in the world that is Jason Tatum who is really just unbelievable and since his rookie year I've said it to everyone there's no holes you see a lot of Mamba in his game and what did Udoka say coming into the year him and Brown that's what they need to do they need to make their teammates better they need to play off the ball more become more playmakers not so much your turn my turn like last year and that's what they've developed. It's been a big turnaround to the Celtics season, despite their, them getting healthy, finding their identity, um, coming together on defense. Is just the way the Jays have developed as playmakers. And, you know, that's been the Celtics' biggest message. I was watching Marcus Smart on NBA TV yesterday, and... Uh Malika Andrews was saying, you know, Coach Udoka said that it's health. It has to be something else. What's the biggest reason of the turnaround? And Marcus was like, that's it, basically. I mean, we know where everyone is now. We've had health issues a lot in the past. And when, when NBA Today tweeted that he was coming on, they were like, oh, like, don't forget to check your refrigerators or something like that. And then Marcus made a joke that's like, yeah, we check the standings a little bit, like, here and there. Every few minutes, we'll be like, we'll check it, we'll see something new. And he compared it to checking the fridge and just seeing something different, seeing something new here and there throughout your day. Thought that was funny. But, so Tatum, in his past 30 games, 28.8 points per game, 49.7% from the field, 38.7 from three seven boards, five assists. If you go through his recent games, there's a ton of games with seven or six-plus assists. And as Ime said recently, he's become that player that could get us a triple-double. I think he said like 10, 15 throughout the year. That's how much he's really developed his game as an all-around player. Um, The way his body has grown, muscle, strength... I don't mean to just, you know, get into a love story about Tatum, but it's just the way he's rebounded this year, um, obviously shooting off the dribble. People's uh, biggest thing about him coming into the year was like, can you take it to the hole more with your size? You seem to be getting further and further away from the basket as the years go on. It's mainly what he's been doing. Um, and he's really just grown at it very well. So he is fifth for me. He could have been fourth or fifth. This is about where I predicted him coming into the season as well. I said he could be like top eight, top six. And with the year he kind of started shooting, no one really saw this at all. He was in like the 30s. He just wasn't shooting well, couldn't really find the ocean, especially – you know, through Boston's biggest struggles in December and November. And, um, you know, he's really just been arguably the best player in the league over the stretch of two months, like I said. And I was listening to him on Draymond Green's pod the other day, and he said it himself is that he said something in the way every summer, you know, Olympics, uh, COVID, the pandemic. And now, going into year six next year, he has a free summer just to just, he said, just to work and get better. You know, like I said, this team's poised to getting that 18th banner in there. So that's probably a main thing on him and Jalen's mind. And has he will continue to get better? You know, he'll, he's only 24, obviously. And. It's just everything all about him is maturity, his the way he speaks. It's just I am more than grateful he's running this franchise. You know, they've missed out on Isaiah Thomas and how cool his career could have been the rest of the way. as a Celtic, Kyrie Irving didn't stay. The Kevin Durant thing was ridiculous in 2016, but they got the best prize yet. That's a 24-year-old. That's just a combination of it all. And one of the top generational prizes that will be in Jason Tatum, who is going to grow to be one of the greats to play this game, clearly. And he, not a doubt in my mind, he will continue to wow each and every day as he's been doing as of late. And yeah, so I think he has a real chance of winning it next year when he does get that full rest through a summer. And if he comes out averaging, you know, close to 30 instead of struggling in the beginning. Like he even said it himself recently post game, He was like, imagine I was doing this the whole year. He said it himself to Embiid, like, you better win it now because I'm coming for it next year. And Draymond said it to himself, if you don't win MVP next year, you're just soft. So Celtics fans couldn't be more grateful for this guy. Fourth, you know, I might get some backlash for this one, but Joe Embiid has dropped down to the cleanup spot. Why? Because, yeah, he's averaging 31.8 his past 10, but it's like since James Harden has gotten there, it hasn't lived up to expectations. They're at the four seed now. There's a good chance they finish there. And it's like, you got, we made this duo. We brought them together. Daryl Morey did this, brought in his guy, James Harden, to deliver, for James to deliver. And yeah, Joel is the best player, but it's like he has yet, I said this the other day, he hasn't proved it in the biggest of moments yet in the postseason. He has balled, same with James, but in the biggest of elimination games, let's see you guys do it and execute. And it is the time for the Philadelphia 76ers. And, you know, everyone, that's what is on everyone's mind now when talking about this list is and Embiid, Jokic, it's Jokic, it's Embiid. Okay, my biggest thing for this and I won't be surprised if either of them win it, is the way the Joker can make his team better compared to Embiid. Everyone wants to talk about now, like, look at Embiid's guard skills. He brings up the ball. He shoots off the dribble now. Mid-range or three. He shoots the hard and step back. Dude, I'm sorry. And and he gets assists, too. But it's like, I'm sorry. Jokic started this. I get it, we're talking beyond this year saying that, but, like, look at his assist rate, look at his PER, um, compared to really for a while, you could say, and really still can, everyone else's, um, but his PER is just ridiculous when it comes to, like, the assist rate and, and making his team better. like, he is turning Jamichael Green, guys like Bones Highland, you know, guys like, you know, Capazzo, Austin Rivers. He makes Monte Morris. He makes guys like that better. And he makes Denver a playoff team. You know, Joel has done that the past year and a half as well by himself, has led the way. But the X, ex- the what people had expected. And what people thought would happen hasn't happened since James Harden has gotten there. The numbers are off the charts. Ridiculous. The percentages. But I can't say he's better than Jokic MVP-wise yet. I really can't. Jokic beat him the game in Philly. You know, who cares about that? But it's like, one in the moment, of course, we did. And like, It's when you can make your team better the way he does and the trick shots, the flashiness. It's like he's more about business when the biggest of games are there, is what he's proved thus far. But so I'll take Jokic over him still, but I won't be surprised if either of them win the award. But so I guess that's my answer. Joel is at four. Um, And the Joker is at three for me. Uh, talk about PR, play, player efficiency rating. Someone who's been completely off the charts, Giannis Antetokounmpo is my number two, who is second in the league in player efficiency rating. And it's just, you see a lot of 40-point games going down the line. Um, my biggest thing with him is the continuity. It's like you had a kind of a short off season, you know, you had that 50 point game in June or July, the closing game. Um, what was it? Game six, the elimination game, 50 point game. He's, he proved that. And Kendrick Perkins says it every day on NBA today. The more he does this, he's. Knocking on the doorstep and starting to have meals with, you know, the greats, the Elijah Wands, the LeBron James, the Michael Jordans, 50 point Kobe Bryant's 50 point game in a closing game and a potential three time MVP, a finals MVP. And I've always, you know, my closest friends laugh because I was never the biggest Rooter of his until the postseason I was always a doubter and then he proved me proved me wrong through the whole run. Of course I had Phoenix and then look what he did in the biggest of moments something you guys know I love to say as of lately and especially the elimination game and coming the season starts and he has been in the top of MVP talks since the beginning. And he hasn't slowed down one bit. And he does belong in the same sentence as the greatest of players to play the game. He looks like the best player in the league today. The Bucks are one of the best teams. It's just everything he does. And he's not afraid. We saw the shot he hit in Brooklyn last week. The fade. The dagger. That gave him the tie. Um, not the fade, I'm sorry. The step back. Tied it at 110. They seem to have every best team in the league's number. I know Boston. Well, we'll see what happens Thursday. I know we lead the season two to one, or the season series two to one. But he's just completely continues to amaze. And at this point, I don't want to have shame on anybody that thinks has of we know what it is career-wise, but as of today, like I said. He is probably the best player in the league. And it's just... You could put him in that same sentence as the best players to play the game of basketball. I'm not going to say, you know, I'm taking him over Kevin Durant today. But, like, clearly he's better this season. And I know Durant was high, high up there in MVP talks when the season started before he started entering some injury ways. But... Giannis is my number two. So this is the guy that I'm sticking with at one, who was on one at my two early MVPs that I wrote also back in September. It's Luka Doncic. You know? You ever hear of him? His Mavericks, 33-12, and 12, the fourth best record in the league since New Year's Eve. In his last 20 games, 20 for Luka Doncic. You know what? Let's go 30. 31 points per game, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, a steal, 47% from the field, 40 from 3, 73.9 from the line. I mean, my biggest factor with Doncic continuously being at 1 as of right now, and I think he this is, he's my MVP, my biggest reasoning is everything he does take him out of the game, and let's see the way the Mavericks function. And like I've said, I praise the Spencer Dinwiddie acquisition. You know, Rich posted on the Sports Bible, my hot take on Memphis, how I had them at four, not Memphis, I'm sorry, the Dallas Mavericks, how I had them above Memphis and had them at four in the power rankings. I mean, it's just how great they've really been. I praise the Dinwiddie and how he helps Doncic and the Mavs run a three guard lineup, helps Doncic play off the ball along with Jalen Brunson, who will be a free agent. Um, you know, if the double comes to Luka, like we saw the buzzer beater in Brooklyn for Dinwiddie, uh, Spencer, Spencer helps him hit a shot, like take the pressure off him. Obviously, it doesn't have to be all Doncic as we've seen in Boston and Brooklyn, those two games when he came up clutch. There's a lot of games where Dinwiddie doesn't come alive till the end. I've said this a lot. Um, but let's take him out of the lineup. Let's see him with Brunson, with Spencer Dinwiddie, with Maxi Kleba, with Davies spurtans It's just their shooters are there. It's just... With how great of a team they are now, it is nowhere close if you take them out of the lineup. You could say the same thing with Jokic. You can. But that is also a team with experience. The Mavs still haven't made it out of the first round. Although, I think that they're a dark horse for the Western Conference Finals this year. And I said it a lot Saturday. Nick Wright thinks that this is his 07-08 LeBron year sorry we know who wanted an 08 it's the green guys but he thinks that this is his 07 year where he could just take the maps to the finals and he looks like you know the next LeBron it's that time I agree like I really think that could be the truth I think that there are better teams than Dallas but you know speaking of which is like you can go about this a couple different ways it's like how do you do the criteria? Is it team success? Is it stats? Is it, yeah, the unreal numbers? I'll look at both. And that's really what Doncic has done. It's just lead the Mavs. Like I said, the fourth best record since New Year's Eve. Lead the Mavs. I think it said that the record was 34-11. and 11. Lead them. And put up amazing numbers while doing everything. And that's what Doncic does. You could say the same thing like guys like the other players I named before this. But Doncic perfects it, really. Um, like I said, Denver has experience. Yeah, Joel has had a lot on his shoulders. But there's no reason why that team should not be playing like the best in the conference. Um them and hard, and that is, but it's just, I have to go with Doncic, it's, this is a great MVP race, we might not see another one like this, this is really, like I said, Saturday, everyone's predicting everything, like, this is a hell of a year when it comes to that, like, maybe the best you'll ever see, but, you know, Luke is my guy, and I'm gonna stick with it, Really happy Tatum is up there, at, like the cleanup spot, maybe fourth or fifth, wherever he is. But Doncic does everything for his team and puts up the best numbers you'll ever see. So, hope you guys enjoy the slate of hoops tonight. We got the Bucks and Bulls at eight PM on ESPN, and we have the Lakers and Suns from Phoenix. Like I said, from NBA TV, Celtics back tomorrow. But for me, I'll be back. Very soon, you can expect another episode uh, coming in the next few days, but thank you guys, Rob signing out.